Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along today. So we talk about the most important 12 inches in your life. Years ago, I was confronted with a statement that said, 12 inches is what separates most people, the distance that separates most people heaven from hell. Wow, what in the world could that mean? I mean, heaven's up there, hell's down there. I was intrigued, though, because I was searching for God. I knew there was something not right with me. I'd been going to church. I'd been reading my Bible. I'd been trying to find God. And when someone pointed this out to me, that only 12 inches separated most people, the distance separating heaven and hell, what in the world does that mean? I was curious. Let's look at the Bible verse they were referring to. But what does it say, the Word of God? The Word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. He says, that is the Word of faith, which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. I'd like to focus on this phrase that I have highlighted here, for with the heart a person believes. And the 12 inches separating heaven and hell for most people is the distance from the head, the brain, the mind, down to the heart. What does it mean? to believe with your heart. The more I thought about this, investigate, this word believe is so important. It means to trust, to rely upon, to count upon. It's kind of like if I were to give an example, if I were to say I believe in my wife. I'm not saying I think she exists, I think she's there, or even I think she's my wife. I'm saying I trust in her, I can count on her. For you sports folks, if you it's the fourth quarter of the game and you're two minutes left and you're behind by five points and you say, we're going to win, I believe in our quarterback. Well, you're not saying you think your quarterback's on the field. You're not saying you think your quarterback is there or that he's even the one taking the snaps. You're saying you, you count on him. You're trusting in him. You rely upon him. You know he's going to take you down and get a touchdown and you're going to win the game. You believe in him. Indeed, the guys who break the huddle and they run the play that he calls, it's because they believe in him. And so often that faith is what takes some teams to victory. Well, that's what it means to have faith in Jesus. With me, I had grown up going to church. I'd grown up learning the Bible stories. And I appreciated them, and I never didn't believe them. If you would have asked me, do I believe Jesus really rose from the dead, I'd probably say, well, does does that even matter? It's more than the story is what matters, or the, the meaning of the story. And I didn't understand what that was, to be honest, but I did not believe it. If you would have asked me why Jesus died on the cross, I might have said for our sins, but I might not. I might not have even known, but I believed it happened. If you would have asked me, did Jesus perform miracles, heal people, and so forth, I'd say, well, I've never thought about it. But I didn't not believe it. 
And if you'd ask me if I believe what Jesus taught, I'd say, yeah, even though, to be honest, I didn't really know a whole lot of what it was. I just knew a few select portions of what I was taught in church. All of which tells me that I had a certain belief in my head, in my brain, in my intellect. But the Bible says it's with the heart that a man believes. And I wasn't there yet. Part of the reason I wasn't there yet is, is my heart was not ready. And this is important because we ask, okay, if it means, if salvation means I have a faith and a trust in Jesus, how do I get it from my head down to my heart? What's What's involved in that process? Well, with me, it was more than just understanding. Now, I can't. I don't know if this is true of you or every other person, but for me, it was this. I had to become aware of my need of Jesus Christ. I'd grown up again in, in the church believing I was a basically good person. If you would have asked me if I was a sinner, I'd say, well, yeah, everybody's a sinner. But if you'd ask me if I've ever done anything really bad, I'd say, well, I've never killed anybody. I've never committed adultery. The sins I have committed, you know, I've disobeyed my parents and told a few lies, but, I mean, everybody does that. I assumed it was okay with God because he's generally a forgiving God, and he couldn't send everybody to hell. But I certainly was self-righteous. If you would have asked me, Tom, if you were to die, why should God let you into heaven? I would have responded, well, I'm a basically good person. I've never done anything worthy of going to hell. I'm not like Adolf Hitler or somebody. And it was that, that was what we would call self-righteousness. Or specifically, shall we say, I was trusting in me. I was relying on me. I was counting on me. My faith was in me. Why should I go to heaven? Because of me. I'm a pretty good person. It wasn't until I began actually reading the scripture and finding out what Jesus said about what God expected of us. And I became very convicted as I read Matthew chapter 23, where he pronounces eight woes upon the Pharisees, the hypocrites. And in particular, he said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, outwardly beautiful marble inwardly filled with dead men's bones. Even so, outwardly you appear righteous to men, but inwardly you're filled with envy, pride, hypocrisy, self-righteousness, and all manner of sin. That was me. And when I began that scripture, that section, and then basically the teaching of Jesus, I, I gained an awareness that of my own sinfulness. I gained an awareness that what I was self-righteously looking down and judging others for doing, well, if God was looking at the heart, he saw the same thing in me, and I was in big trouble. And it was there that I came under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I, and If you would have asked me then, Tommy, you're a sinner, I would have had a far more of an answer of, yes, I am. I'm not meeting up to what God requires. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And it was when I was in trouble that I was looking for someone to help me, indeed to rescue me. And that's what Jesus came to do, friends. He came to rescue us. And it was it, it and he he only rescues and saves sinners. 
Yes, Jesus saves. But you've got to be lost and admit your lostness. You've got to be aware of your sinfulness and your lostness before you really genuinely from the heart will ask him to save you. That was my experience. I don't know whether or not it's been yours. I pray it is. In the, the, I believe we have a spiritual enemy who's constantly trying to convince us that we're not that bad as unbelievers. You know, he changes his tactic when you become a believer. When in fact we are in a position where we need God's forgiveness, the enemy's strategy is to tell us, well, you're pretty, you're actually pretty good. You don't need it. And when you get to the place where you've come to Jesus, he's rescued, he, you trusted him, you put your faith in him, and he's forgiven all of our sins, well, our spiritual enemy changes his tactic, and now he says, you're a pretty bad person. When I was an unsaved person, I thought I was pretty good. It took the scripture to convict me of my need. And when I saw my need, that's when I... That's when Jesus made sense. That's when when I saw I was spiritually sick was when I was willing to trust the great physician of my soul, Jesus Christ, to be my Savior. I hope you've come to that experience. I hope people that you care about, that you want to win to Christ, that you you, you help them understand their spiritual need. I know many, many people today, you know, we're taught, don't judge. Don't ever tell anyone they're wrong. And consequently, we've got a lot of people going around feeling they're not wrong. They're not sinful. They're not in need. We don't want to have a critical, self-righteous spirit of the Pharisees when they went around just judging and condemning everybody. We help people understand their sinfulness in the same way a doctor would help a person understand maybe they've got cancer or they've got an illness. Not just so he can mock them, put them down, and and point out how bad they are. No, his goal is to help them understand their disease so that they will trust him and rely upon him and give him the opportunity to bring healing into their life. Likewise with Jesus Christ. We don't go, and with unbelievers, we don't just put them down to make ourselves appear superior. Rather, we, we help them understand their lost position and condition so that they might look to Jesus Christ for salvation and to be rescued. This is where a testimony helps. This is where pointing out your own sinfulness, your own lostness, your own need, and how you came to Jesus Christ and found salvation in him. That's what I found. Friends, it is with the heart that a man believes. I hope that you have trusted Jesus. Your faith is in Jesus. One way you can tell is if someone were to ask you, or if God were to ask you, or you were to ask, answer the question, if you were to die and God were to say, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? My answer is no longer because I'm a pretty good person or because I've done this or I did that. No, now my answer is, Father, let me into heaven Accept me in heaven because Jesus Christ is my Savior, because Jesus rescued me, because Jesus died for my sins, and and through him I find forgiveness. He's my hope. I'm counting on Jesus. I have faith in Jesus Christ. 
I trust you do as well. If not, pray with me right now. Cry out to him. Tell him this is what you want. Let's go. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We acknowledge our own failure before you. We acknowledge we have fallen short. We've not lived up to what's required of us. We've sinned. We've broken your law. We are indeed guilty. We don't deserve the blessings of eternal life. We don't deserve the blessings of heaven. But we do thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior. We put our trust in him. We count on him to save us, to rescue us. Father, we confess in our sin, it's like we're drowning in sea, and Jesus is the lifeguard to rescue us. We're not going to boast in our own self. We're not going to say, I'm a, a great person. We're going to say, Jesus Christ is a great Savior. And we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. There's no sin you won't forgive. There's no sinner you won't save. If, if we simply humble ourselves and trust you from our heart. I pray today for every person listening, Father that from the depths of their heart, the honest heart, their faith would be in you, their trust in you, their confidence in you. Their, they would rely upon you to be their Savior. They would trust you. They'd believe in you. And we do. And we confess that with our mouth. Jesus, you are our Lord, and you are our Savior. And we praise you, worship you, embrace you, and love you. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. We're here every day, and I hope you join us. It's important to get into the Word of God every day, isn't it? And so that's why we come every day, share the Word, try to encourage one another, build one another up. Cons good choices plus consistency over time makes change life. It makes big differences. So I pray that you will join our community, hit the subscribe button, the notify button, and make a commitment to come here over the next month or two. Be here as many days as you can. You'll begin to see changes in your life. I love you guys. So glad that you're here. You are regular. I love you guys. God bless you. Until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with an assurance that salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. He is our rescuer. We love him, and I love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.